0: You know i like to call the upper elementary years the golden age of homeschooling and the reason is because they don't need you quite as much for everything as they did when they were little but then you also don't have those expectations of middle school and high school kind of pressing down upon you and kids who are in the fourth through sixth grades are really interested in a lot of things so they're fun to teach That's what we're going to be talking about on today's episode of the podcast. Hi, I'm Pam Barnhill, and I have helped thousands of homeschoolers create doable systems, beat burnout, and bring more joy to their homeschool days. Welcome to Episode 8 of the 10 Minutes to a Better Homeschool podcast. So back in episode six, we started talking about what does homeschooling look like for the early elementary years? And we're going to kind of continue that conversation this week with how does it switch and change a little bit in the upper elementary school years? When you start getting that fourth through sixth grader, what does homeschooling begin to look like in your home? Okay, so let's talk about some of those changes. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is you do start getting a little more independent work from your kid. But I want to caution you. So this comes with this big, huge caveat. Um, Sometimes we think, oh, they're in fifth grade now. We can just like turn over everything to them and they're going to do it. And it's all going to be great and wonderful. And, you know, you're in for a rude awakening if that's how you think it's going to happen. Every once in a while, there is this rare child that can do that. But for the most part, we are still going to have to be present and right there with our kids for much of their school day, even when they are uh, still this age. So what this looks like is your child might be able to take their math book and complete a math page, but they may still really need help with their writing or vice versa. They may be able to go off and do their writing assignment by themselves pretty well and just come to you to edit it, but they really struggle with math and need you sitting there with them. I think one of the biggest fallacies that is alive in education is that We can help our children too much. We're doing it for them um, if we're, you know, we're kind of giving them the answers. And really... No, if your child is legitimately struggling with, let's say writing a paper, my good friend Andrew Poudoua from the Institute for Excellence in Writing says this all the time. You cannot help a child too much by giving them a word to put on their paper, by helping them construct a sentence, by even helping them start a paragraph. Because what you're doing is you're not feeding them the answers, you're modeling for them how this works. So let's work together. I'm gonna choose a word. and then maybe you have a word that you would suggest or you would like better or could this sentence sound this way or would you like to say it in a different way but you're working together as a team you're working together as partners you're not feeding them the answers you're modeling for them I also had Denise Gaskins the author of Let's Play Math on my podcast uh, on the Your Morning Basket podcast one time she said the exact same thing about mathematics model for them show them, sit with them, partner with them on how to work the problems. Don't just put the book in front of them and let them struggle along because you're afraid that you're giving them the answers. What you're doing is you're modeling for them. And that is what this looks like. Let me tell you the thought processes that are going on in my head as I work through this problem. Now, if they don't need that modeling help, let them do it on their own. And that's where independence comes from. But we always want to be building them up and making them feel successful. Not in a false, everybody gets a trophy way, but in a, I'm your partner, I've got you, we are going to make sure that you know how to do this kind of way. Okay, so what subjects do you need to teach in your homeschool in grades four through six. So by this point, most kids are able to read fluently on their own. And they're kind of moving from this instructional reading phase into reading for information phase. And so at this point, most kids have stopped reading instruction. I will tell you though, I had a, at least one child, actually two, who kind of bled over into this phase with some reading issues because of dyslexia. So if your child is not moving from that learning to read phase into the fluent reading for information phase at this point, then if you haven't already done so, if you haven't already suspected that there's something wrong, you might want to look into that. And the website I'm going to refer you to for that is called homeschoolingwithdyslexia.com. But for the most part, reading instruction is done. You may or may not have a child who is still doing some spelling. It depends. If your child is a good speller, you don't need spelling anymore. If your child still struggles and misspells quite a few things and doesn't seem to grasp the phonics rules of spelling, then keep on doing some spelling instruction. Every child's going to have mathematics. This is where it gets a little more difficult. The mathematical processes as you move into something like a long division, there's a lot of them. So this is the point where I would really, really encourage you to make sure that your child has memorized their math facts. It's going to make that upper level math so much easier. This is also the point where if you have a child who's struggling with math, you may not complete the whole math page in a day. There is nothing more daunting to a child who is staring down an entire page of long division problems. And this is their math assignment for today. I know this not because this is how my children necessarily felt. I know this because this is how I felt when I was in fifth grade. That was a long time ago, and that memory is still with me. So what I do for kids at this stage is I say, I'm gonna set the timer for 30, 35 minutes. That's how long you're gonna work on math today. If you get the whole page done, great. If you don't, you know what? We're calling it good enough. We're gonna open the book tomorrow and finish the math page then. Or if it just takes them a long time to do the problem, but they're not really struggling with it, another thing you could do is only aside the odd problems are only assign the even problems. But do keep that in mind that this fatigue, this work fatigue is real, even for these older kids. And so if you have something that's taking more than 30 or 45 minutes, you might want to let the timer decide when the lesson is over and not whether or not they've completed everything for that day or not. Okay, so other than those basic skills, this is the time to start adding in some simple grammar and definitely some composition for these school-age kids. And our favorite place to get programs for both of those things is IEW, the Institute for Excellence in Writing. They have some wonderful writing programs that really help the mom or dad learn how to teach writing to the kids um, they support you every step of the way. And then they also have a delightful grammar program called Fix It Grammar that is just the right amount of grammar, one sentence a day for your kids. And so take a look at both of those. I'll drop a link for them in the show notes. What about all that extra stuff? Well, if you listen to my early elementary podcast, we talked about following your kids interests and for history and science and learning about a lot of things that interest them. And guess what? That really doesn't change for fourth through sixth grade. Keep following those interests. Look at different unit studies. Look at different things that they like to read. Um, find a science program that really appeals to them and is very hand on, hands-on. Skip the workbook pages. Once again, In elementary, we're still building up that love of learning by following their interests. Even in fourth through sixth grade, there's nothing that says your kids have to study American history in fourth grade or chemistry in fifth grade or anything like that. Keep following their interests and doing the things that you love and you enjoy most of all. And finally, what does your child really need in the upper elementary school years? As they are making this transition from easier work into more difficult things like the long division and the composition. What they need more than anything else is you. You need to work on building those relationships, storing up some good relationship currency in that relationship bank as they move into puberty and start dealing with all of these changes in their mind and body. You wanna have that currency build up. So really, really, really focus on relationships and love of learning in those upper elementary school years, as you hone in on perfecting some of those important skills like mathematics, uh, the computation there, and like um, writing and composition and, and reading for information, and all of those, um, all of those. Skills skills that really just need to be shored up as they head into the middle school and high school years. So bank that relationship currency now and enjoy being with your kids and get these skills in order. So that's Upper Elementary. Now, I will be back next week with another interview episode of the podcast, and it is all about some of those math skills that we were talking about earlier. So we're going to focus in on math just a little bit next week before we hit middle school year. So I hope you'll come back and join me again. Until then, keep on homeschooling.